So here we go, part number three. You know, my mom came home one day. She said, hey, um, I'm learning the Bible. She, well, they say the terminology, I'm studying the Bible with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I remember thinking, man, I don't know if this is good. How could, how could there be on this earth people that actually do the will of God? Of all people, people for the most part, they're not, you know, there's a lot of people that are not great. Especially the ones that profess to be meek and humble and God-inspired. So, eh, it took it with a grain of salt. And I do remember being concerned. I remember being worried and thinking, man, I don't know. These people might just, for lack of a better word, might just brainwash my mom. But what do I do? You know, I was just a 16-year-old kid. And I I remember wishing my mom not to go. But then I told myself, well, why, why, why would I wish her not to go if I don't have a better option? And so I said, you know, I, I, I figured it out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go so I could expose what a false religion it is. And I'll show my mom. I'll show her and, and this will be over with. And these people won't take advantage of my mom. They won't brainwash her. But So I started to go. And I started to objectively study their information. And I remember that there was all kinds of red flags from the beginning. There was, I, I, I found one too many red flags that it's just enough to never give me peace of mind in the religion. But the reason that people stay is amongst many, amongst many is that you get complacent. And that was part of my issue that, that I got complacent. I became complacent to the atmosphere and the praise. Yeah, I, I had never as a young man gotten as much praise as I received from people inside the religion. And and that's it's funny because that praise never stopped in the beginning. In the beginning it was it was constant. It was every single time we were we were like the shiny new tool in the shed and everybody wanted to go. Everybody wanted to use us. Everybody want, had to shake our hand, had to invite us to their home. Everybody praised us. And that love bombing, which I know now is, is one of the features of every cult, there, there's love bombing involved at some point or another. That's what captivated me in the beginning, and I stuck around. But that... that but that thinking in the back of my mind, the I have to figure this out for my mom, that never really went away. That was always there. I mean, I, it went dormant for a bit, but it resurfaced. It resurfaced in a big way when they had finally let me see behind the curtain. And I, I do believe that if they had seen me, if they had allowed me to see behind the curtain a lot sooner, I would have been able to make my escape a lot sooner. So you see, it's this inability to see the guts of this organization. It's this inability to see the insides of it that keeps a lot of people trapped. 
because they they don't have a way to see the whole picture. They're seeing some, but their optics is hazy or their peripheral vision is being blocked. They They can't see the whole picture. And that's one of the most frustrating things in helping someone break free of this cult. It, it's difficult because they get one side of the story while you have the whole side of the story. And when you try and present them the whole side of the story, they say, no, that's not what they've told me. <laughs> that's not what they've told me. Because the Watchtower just showers them with propaganda, just rains down a, a bunch of information and videos, so much so that they make them un, they make them unconsciously uh, read propaganda. But in reading all that propaganda, they they feel like they're actually reading biblical information, what they call is spiritual food. They really think they're reading the Bible, even though they don't read it. They don't read it because what they do is they read verses of the Bible out of context and they'll read publications based off of out of context verses in the Bible. But in their mind, they read, they read the Bible. So it doesn't help. It's, it's very difficult to reasoning with these people because they feel like they read so much and they do, but it's propaganda. It's verses in the Bible out of context. It's wishy-washy information that in a couple of years is no longer relevant. But it's, it's so much of it that they feel like, man, oh, I feel... You know, if, if you honestly, if you were able to, to dig into their minds and go in their brains, you would, you would find a very self-confident person that would be laid back in a chair thinking, you know... I I feel like a scholar. I feel like a biblical scholar. Not to pat myself on the back. This is their mentality. They, they really think they're all about the Bible. This this poorly created Bible that they have. So it's hard. It's hard to convince them when they do read, but it's just an insane, incessant amount of propaganda. So it's hard. So what do you find? What do you find once you become an elder? One one of the things that you realize is just how just how every elder doesn't exactly carry their own weight. There are lazy people in every company, even in the higher-ups. There are lazy people that skate by, or you often wonder, how do they get this position? Well, it's no different with this organization. There are a lot of lazy so-called elders. And by lazy, I mean, they literally don't do much. What they do is they sit in the meetings, they say yes or no, whatever their buddies decide. They don't really care. They don't care about the people. They don't care about the work itself. They really don't. They are 100% what you would, what you would call in the term brainwashing, even though some psychologists say that's not a word. Mind control would be the most, but would be a more accurate term in, in their eyes. So let's call it that. Mind control. These people are fully mind controlled. They, they are committed to the cause without knowing what the cause is. 
They have no idea. No idea why they get together, why they vote. They have no objective reasoning. They just, they go with the punches. They go with the flow. Wherever the current takes them, they don't ask questions. They don't rock the boat. They they don't care about anything besides, apparently, the praise that they get for that position. And I came across many like that. Because you always thought, at least I thought, without being able to see behind the curtain, I thought that this was like a movement. I thought this was a, a movement of truth. I thought, you know, you, we, we, we are a people that promote truth and assistance to each other and in a benefactor way, beneficiary way to the public. That's not what it is. It's carrying out the policy of the Watchtower. So you, you, you come across these lazy elders, and it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. At least that's what my, my case was. It's just, I couldn't quite understand. They were so lazy. And even in other aspects of their life, in other branches of their lives, the way they didn't care much for their, their kids, you know, that's another problem within this organization where usually the bad kids, yeah, the bad society, These people are usually the children of the leadership because the leadership is so committed, people in the leadership so committed to those positions, they disregard their role as parents. They give so much time to this organization that they disregard their duties as as a father, as a parental unit. Uh, they, They disregard their duties to their family, their wives, their kids. So this is what you find. You find some lazy elders, for lack of a better word. That's just what it is, lazy elders. And I remember this one elder trying to teach me that, hey, you're, you'll come across lazy elders. And he used to say, this is what he, he used to say, you know, there are elders and then there are good elders. His inability to see that this is a cult, he actually thought, he actually thought that even Behind the curtain, there was there was key players and there was role players. Not understanding that they're all the same. It's just a sham. Just a circus. You know, the hell, kid. <laughs> so, so what his definition of a great elder was, someone that actually read the policies, someone that actually implemented the policies. Because... The so-called, quote-unquote, elders, the ones that weren't great, they never really read the policies. And that's true. That's, that's something that does happen amongst them. They, there are these elders, what I call lazy elders, what he would call elders, lazy elders that don't read the, they don't read the watchtower, don't read the policy, the, the book, the shepherd, the flock, their secret book, the eyes only, the uh, certain eyes only, book this secretive book they don't they won't even read it because they're lazy they don't even know what they believe they're squealers they'll put them on the stand and they'll make them squeal (laughs) sorry that's a joker (laughs) reference they're squealers they really are these people you you pressure them a little and they, they 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 won't commit to their certain beliefs it's 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 frustrating, but this is what it is. Lazy elders. Even worse than a lazy elder 
is an, a lazy elder who doesn't know the Bible. And those are, <laughs> they're bountiful. There's many. A lazy elder that doesn't know the Bible. And if he doesn't know the Bible, you can rest assured he doesn't know the policy book. That's even, it's, in that cult, it's worse because you're arguing with a person that has no idea what he even believes. So you can't commit them to anything. Nothing. Because they're all over the place. They, they go wherever they want because they're so lazy. They at least, um, maybe unconscious, maybe uh, subconsciously understand that all they have to do is, is follow the policies, not rock the boat, and then they're okay. They're, they'll never leave their positions. If anything, they'll be promoted. So worse than a lazy elder, I saw elders who don't know the Bible. Nothing. I mean, squat. They could give you the main points, the cliche, the cliche verses of the Bible that Job, all Job's witnesses will read, Matthew 24, 14, uh, Revelations 21, 3, uh, Psalms 83, 18. They, they'll read you these cliche verses that every Job's witness knows, even children, and they'll find a way, they'll find a way to... To, to re like redefine them, and it'll be like, oh, look at that! Another angle of that same verse. This is all they know. This is this is all these people know. They don't know the Bible, so you could rest assured they don't know the Watchtower. Whatever comes out, they regurgitate. Whatever the Watchtower prints out, they regurgitate. They they come off like they know everything. They don't know squat. I mean, if the whole point is to understand the Bible. These are definitely not the people that know it. Now, there's a worse. There's a worse elder, okay? Now, there's elders, and then there's great elders. <laughs> you know, that, that thing that that elder used to say? Well, there's elders. There's lazy elders. There's lazy elders who don't know the Bible, and then there's one more. There's lazy elders who don't know the Bible, who are narcissistic. Who are narcissistic. And this is the worst person that you could come across. A lazy elder who doesn't know the Bible, who is narcissistic. And some of these aren't necessarily lazy. Some of these are just, they're, they're actually committed. They're committed. And, and okay, I'll go, I'll go additional. I'll, I'll go one step further. A hardworking elder who doesn't know the Bible, who is narcissistic. There you go. That is the worst human being in this organization that you could come across. These are the people that get off on destroying the lives of other people. They use the policy book to really wreak havoc in the mental health mental health of many of their members and they will destroy these people they will break them down they will gaslight them they will lie to them again it is unfortunate that we come across people like this in in life and there's people like this that that aren't job's witnesses and you'll come across them in life where they're very narcissistic it's about themselves and they can't take any form of critique Critique is the last thing they can handle. 
So they don't take it well. And when you try and help them, they, they see it as an attack. There was a person like that in the place I used to attend. There's one person like that. Um, there used to be more, but, you know, as Jehovah's Witnesses work their congregations, they break them down and they spread about the virus. They spread it around all over the place. The more narcissistic you are, the less you know about the Bible, the more you're rewarded. There was a person like this, very toxic person, that would break the lives of a lot of the members. So many, so much so that even them subconsciously, they didn't want to be there, so they would leave. And there was, I mean, they would leave in droves. There was, there was too many people that left that uh, congregation. And some even left the religion. Some even left the religion because of what he did. This is a bad person. And there's, again, there, this isn't something that's just subject to the Jehovah's Witnesses. There are narcissistic people in this world, in your workplace, um, neighbors. And when you find these people, look up information on how to deal with these people. And you'll see that one of the, one of the best things you can do is remove yourself from that toxic uh, relationship. That, that toxic waterfall above your head that they bring. So this person, this narcissistic elder, is just a staple of what's, what's up and about the, the organization. What do you find? You find lazy elders. You find elders who don't know the Bible. You find lazy elders who don't know the Bible, who are narcissistic. This is true. These, these, this is what it is. This is what these people are. They're narcissistic people who don't know the Bible, and they're, they like to pawn off their duties on other secretaries, a.k.a. ministerial servants. If we go to the Bible, um, Matthew 16, 18, 16, 18 reminds us where Jesus mentioned that he established his church. And by church, he doesn't mean a building like certain Certain religions take that verse out of context. He means people. He means the ecclesia. What, what is that? That's, that's people. That's not a building. Matthew 16, 18, he establishes his church, his followers, people that will follow him. So that means that he's the owner. That means that he's the boss. That means that he's the Lord. But this isn't how these narcissistic elders behave. They behave like all the members in the church. They call it congregation, whatever. They behave as if they're their property. But it, they're not their property. If they understood Matthew 16, 18, they would understand that Jesus established this, this new way of living and that these people now belong to him because he was the one that gives his life for them. He buys them in a ransom. Paul clearly explains that. So they behave this way, and this is why we could call them out as narcissistic, because it's about them, and it's, it's about you following their instructions. And if you know anything about these elders, they like to bend the policy book and implement their own personal, their own personal convictions into the lives of people. You can't watch Spider-Man, can't watch Incredibles, uh, can't watch Casper the Ghost. Yeah, that was an old one. <laughs> that was old, by the way. 
can't watch cartoons because cartoons are fake and fake is lies and lies are from Satan. You can't wa- you can't buy certain cars because certain cars promote a certain way of thinking which is competitive and that's a w- that's from Satan. You can't buy certain books, you can't read certain magazines, can't watch certain TV shows, can't watch they implement their own personal convictions. And next thing you know, they put these people in in small little boxes that they don't fit in. No human, no reasonable human being fits in these boxes. And that's why they cave. They break. They break. And and then the worst thing is when they micromanage their lives, these narcissistic elders. They micromanage. They'll go after. They'll call you. Hey, why didn't you come to the meeting? Why didn't you come to church? Why didn't you come? What did you do? Yeah, I remember one time they asked me. They said, well, it's my business. I said, it's my business. I, I didn't go. Yeah, so what? I, it's my business. Oh, oh, you're being defensive. Oh, you don't like to tell us where you're going. This is this was the, the, the this was the guy, the the one elder's reaction, and then that got around. And the next thing you know, other elders. Oh, I see you're the one that doesn't like to tell us where you go, doesn't like to tell us where you've been. What in the world? It's my life. Don't have a cow, man. You know, but it's what? Well, why do you care? Why do you care how I spend my life? So again. The flock belongs to Jesus. Matthew 16, 18. He establishes the church. He's the pastor. And everyone else, if you want to call elders, the teaching of elders in the Bible, yes, it does mention elders, but it doesn't mention them as a, as a hierarchy. It doesn't mention them as a position in a company. It mentions them as a responsibility, and this responsibility was given usually to the prominent figures in the in the that community, which was usually a small little family. Look up the Corinthians. Scholars could, could attest to the Corinthians not being a, a big group. We're not talking about 100 people that Paul was writing letters to. We're not talking about 500 here. We're talking about a small group that he was reading these letters. So, and, and some scholars would, would even argue that the Corinthians might have been a group, if anything, if anything, of 40 people. But more than likely, we're talking about maybe a 20-fold. Who knows? They, they were, we're not talking about him writing letters to 100 people. So it's a small little flock. And who does that little flock belong to? Who is the pastor? Jesus Christ. Not an elder. Not a narcissistic elder. Not a lazy elder. Not an elder who doesn't know the Bible. It's Jesus Christ. And he is the owner. He is the Lord. The Bible does describe him as the Lord. He is the Lord. But it just goes to show how this religion goes against that verse. I saw that. I saw that in that position, how they control the lives of people. And everything, they would take things that the people would do, they would take it personally. You know, if a person didn't accept their counsel, it would take it personal, literally. It, it wasn't just how they want to get... <laughs> this is one thing that I argued once. Well, they said, you know, you should be upset because they implemented a policy and one of the members didn't, didn't do it. More specifically was uh, dating. So there was a member. She, she was adamant about dating a certain person. They gave her the counsel that said, hey, don't date this person. She disregards the counsel. 
and goes through with it, dates the person, the the guy. Well, they take it. They took it personally. They took it so personally that they made it their business to constantly berate this now new dating couple. They would ask around to learn the latest gossip about these people. They would ask their parents. They would bring them into these secret meetings. They would berate these people. They they broke them down. And this is something that happens at every congregation. So these are the things that I saw. I saw just how narcissistic they were. Why do you care about a newly formed couple? Why do you persist in following every single detail about their lives? They're dating. Who cares? This, this, things, this is something that happens on planet Earth. People date. But not on planet Jehovah's Witness. On planet Jehovah's Witness, you cannot date without getting the approval of the leadership or without the leadership knowing every single detail about your love life. And this is what they did to these two. Then they even do a public talk against them. So there's this marking talk, which is basically you call out a a person doing something that the leadership doesn't agree with. So that's another thing, you know, because this is your whole world. These hundred people that get together here, this is your whole world. And and it's your whole literally it's your whole world because the instruction is that you're supposed to cut off, cut off ties to your family, real family that doesn't go to the Jehovah's Witness religion or likewise uh work. And a good Jehovah's Witness will know that's that's the policy. Uh eh, mediocre Jehovah's Witness would Man, <laughs> it doesn't completely cut the ties. You know, and then he always uses, well, they didn't say exactly I should. A real Jehovah's Witness knows what that means. You're supposed to cut ties. So, yes, they destroy your life. Lazy elders, elders who don't know the Bible, narcissistic elders. This is what I came across. Elders who actually think these people belong to them. And that for me, was a huge red flag. These are things that I, I cannot live my life controlling the life about other people. When I know that I myself am I'm not perfect, I myself have a lot of things that I need to work at. I have also personal goals that I want to achieve that doesn't involve controlling the lives of other people. I, I don't, I never wanted this kind of control. I thought I was getting, and this is, again, it goes back to not being able to see behind the curtain. You don't know what you're signing up for. And it, it's, it's more, you know, that the line is basically, hey, do you want to be an elder? And you're supposed to answer right then and there. Yes. But what am I signing up for? What are the interest rates? What's the, what's the mortgage premium going to be? I, I, you never get that. You don't know what it is. And this is what happens. Next thing you know, you, you look behind the curtain and, you know, there's all kinds of <laughs> loose conduct and questionable activities. But it's okay because, you know, you're part of the leadership. You can get away with it. <sighs> what? There's, there's actually a part in their secret book about that where the leadership can get away with certain crimes where the flock, the, the lower-ranking members, cannot And we'll do an episode about that um, in the future. There is a way. That's another thing. That's another red flag. 
But yes, this is what it means to be part of this leadership. So this is, in this part number three of this topic, this is one of the reasons I couldn't, I couldn't do this. Controlling the lives of people in this manner, or better said, destroying the lives of people is something that I couldn't do because my preconceived notion was that this was a position to help people and that's what I had signed up for to help people but you realize that that's it's not what occurs here that's not what it that position is for so if that doesn't ring a bell ring your conscience you know very little can 